This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Tuesday, June the 28th. And our top story today is that tougher sentences for people convicted of child cruelty have come into force following a four-year campaign by the adoptive mum of a Kent boy. Tony's Law is inspired by seven-year-old Tony Hudgel from Kings Hill, who had to have both of his legs amputated as a baby after being abused by his birth parents. They were given the maximum prison term of 10 years at the time, but sentences have now increased. Well, Paula Hudgel is Tony's adoptive mum, and she's been speaking to Tommaso from our colleagues at KMTV. Overjoyed that it's finally coming to force. Um, it's been a long time waiting, um, but at least now we know those sentencing tariffs. Uh, the judges have all been um, uh, trained on them all. So, um, yeah, it's great news that it has actually now come into force. How's Tony feeling about it? Yeah, he's he's absolutely over the moon. He's um, uh, very hyped up over it and he keeps telling everybody he's a lawmaker. So, um, yeah, he, he he's really excited. Um, do you think, I mean... I don't know how many years you know you've been campaigning for this now. Do you think it could have it could have come perhaps a little bit a little bit earlier? Well, Rome wasn't built in a day, so um, again with politics and changing the law, it's just it was never going to be a quick step. Um, it should have been brought in years ago. We know that. But actually, do you know what? Yes, it has taken four years. And sadly, some of the cases that have gone through recently, it won't you know, make any difference to. But it will do in the future. And just hoping that actually it may be a little bit more of a deterrent um, if, if, you know, if these parents realise that they could face life behind bars, then, you know, maybe, maybe it might just help. If it saves that one child, then that's fantastic. Now, I remember obviously you telling us about the Child Cruelty Register, how it's, you know, your fight is not over just yet. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Why would that really make a difference together with with obviously tougher, tougher sentences? Really, at the end of the day, tougher sentences is just one part of the jigsaw. Um, we need to make uh, much more of a difference um, in the early stages so that actually these children aren't harmed and, you know, these things then don't need to get to court. Um, but at the other end of the scale, um, a child cruelty register, we, we know actually would make a huge difference. Although um, in our case, it wouldn't have made a difference going for Tony. But going forward, if you think they're coming out in the summer, they'll be on license for another five years. After those five years, they can go off. They can have more children. They could move in with somebody with children. You know, they could be around children all the time. And actually, they still pose a terrible risk to children. Um, So with this child quality register, it would work along the same lines as the sex offenders register so that the police have tabs on them. They they can't change their name. They can't go underground. They can't, you know, without uh, allowing the police to know where they are and what they're up to. Under Tony's law, abusers could face life in prison if they cause or allow the death of a child rising from 14 years under the old law. Those who cause or allow harm to children will have their maximum sentence raised from 10 to 14 years. Well, Tony has not only helped change the law, but also raised an awful lot of money for the hospital that saved his life. You may remember that he walked 10 kilometres on his new prosthetic legs when he was just five years 
result. He managed to raise more than £1 million for the Evelina Hospital in London. Kent Online News. A recycling firm says the cause of a blaze that destroyed its warehouse in Chatham Docks remains a mystery. Almost 50 firefighters were sent to the scene after the flames took hold of the Chatham Freight site on Saturday morning. Thankfully, no one was injured. Meantime, it's emerged a massive fire in Gravesend that we told you about in yesterday's podcast was started accidentally by a discarded cigarette. Crews were called to Jubilee Terrace over the weekend and thick black smoke could be seen pouring from several homes. A number of families have had to move out and stay with friends or family. Boris Johnson's hinted that a ban on new grammar schools could be lifted. Kent is one of the only counties to still have them and some have got around the current rules by building annex sites to take on more pupils. Well, the Prime Minister's spoken out in support of the selective system, but critics say he's just trying to win back support from Tory voters. You can let us know what you think of the idea by voting in the poll within the story at Kent Online. An inquest has heard a Kent teenager who was killed after being hit by a car may have been provoked by friends to run across a road. 13-year-old Maya Lawrence was knocked down on the A256 Whitfield Hill in Dover last October. Well, Maya's mum, Dawn Hopkins, spoke after the inquest and wants the safety of the road improved. They need to do something. It's just not safe. It's not a safe corner, it's not a safe bend. As for the lighting, it wasn't that good anyway, because I live literally on the back of Whitfield Hill anyway. And there's hardly, it's lighting down the bottom of the hill and at the top, there's nothing in the middle where they sort of were. And they need some sort of crossing easier to get to McDonald's or towards that way because the elderly as well, they don't go on the underground, so they need something over. They're building something on the new bit, on the new housing estate, like an overpass, but nothing on our bit, which is the older part where most of the kids live that go to either school. So we need something safer either across that way, I know there's traffic lights, but to the main bit of the, like towards McDonald's and stuff like that, we need a safer way to actually cross and to make it safe for everyone, not just the kids, everyone that lives up that way. A coroner recorded a conclusion that the tragedy was a road traffic collision. The driver was not found to be at fault in any way. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. It's feared small businesses in Kent will struggle to survive a recession amid record high job vacancies. Hospitality companies in particular have found it difficult to recruit as many people look to change their work patterns following the pandemic. Well, latest figures show unemployment is dropping, but wages are not keeping up with rising inflation. You can read our special report on this today, which has been written by our business editor, Chris Britcher. Just head to Kent Online. More asylum seekers have been arriving in Kent after making the dangerous journey across the Channel. 143 people arrived on four small boats yesterday, bringing the total so far for this year to more than 12,300. The government's planning to send some of them to Rwanda, but the first flight earlier this month was cancelled because of ongoing legal action. Meantime, anyone caught piloting a boat carrying asylum seekers in the Channel could face life behind bars from today. It's part of new government measures to deter people making the dangerous journey. Kent Online reports. A project to get young people off the streets and away from knife crime has been set up by a gym owner in Maidstone. Jay Atkins had previously tried to get a knife amnesty bin installed where he works, but that was
was turned down by police over safety fears. Now he started encouraging 12 to 16-year-olds to get involved in fitness and hopes it'll eventually lead to them gaining qualifications and employment. Following the initial article on Kent Online, we've been absolutely overwhelmed by the support and desire of Maidstone Borough Council to work on a joint venture to essentially tackle antisocial behaviour within our teenage community and also their health and wellbeing. Whilst this is clearly the first project of its kind nationally, it's definitely something that could be considered in all boroughs throughout the country and potentially this is something we will look to roll out as time goes on. There are plans to plant more than a million trees to address the environmental impact of the new Lower Thames crossing. It's hoped the tunnel between Gravesend and Tilbury, when it's eventually built, will help ease congestion at Dartford. National highways say a community woodland and two public parks will be created in Kent and Essex to make it the greenest road ever built in the UK. A man's been fined £20,000 for fly-tipping on private land and farmland near Gravesend. Darren Duval was caught on sea. CCTV trying to remove a tipper truck that had been used to dump rubbish in Cobham and Shorn last October. Well, the 51-year-old from Bexhill-on-Sea has also been ordered to pay more than £300 in legal costs and a victim surcharge. This is one of our most read stories today and I would love to know what your views are. A Gravesend postwoman has been left empty-handed despite finding more than £2,000 in cash on the street. After reporting it to her line manager, it was handed in at North Kent Police Station in Northfleet. Well, Irma Lissowskate says she was told she could keep the money if it wasn't claimed within a month. But they later said that rule had changed. This is what police have had to say to the podcast. Taking in lost property is not a statutory duty for Kent Police. For items which are handed in, the force operates a 28-day retention period, after which items are disposed of or can sometimes be reclaimed. Found items can sometimes not be reclaimed if they are believed to be harmful or could be linked to a crime, for example a large sum of cash or a weapon. Only the finder or original and legal owner is able to reclaim found items. In this instance, the person who handed in the money was different to the person who said they had found it and who has made a request to claim it. It would appear that the correct procedure concerning handed in items may not have been explained to them and we would like to apologise for any misunderstanding. We're told the cash will now be given to charity. Well, we've got a poll running within the story asking should she be allowed to keep the money? At the time of recording today's podcast, 79% of you who voted reckon yes, finders keepers, while just 21% say no. So just to clarify then, what are the rules around finding cash? Well, there is in fact a law surrounding keeping money found in public known as theft by finding. Might have been something you haven't heard of before. Basically, it means if you pick up lost cash and don't attempt to find its owner, for example, by handing it into some shop staff, if you find the cash on the floor in a shop, or to the police, then you are technically guilty of theft. Now, for smaller amounts of money, it's probably safe to assume that you can count yourself lucky, as it's less likely the owner would be looking for it and therefore less likely that they would be found. Nevertheless, if you're sticking to the letter of the law, it's best to take it to the police station. Well, you can still vote in the poll within that story today, or you can add your comment to the comments section there or via our socials. Just head to Kent Online or search for us on Facebook and Twitter. Kent Online reports. Banks is going to be made an honorary professor at a uni that has campuses in Kent. 
although he won't actually be at the ceremony next week in person because his identity is still a mystery. The street artist is being recognised by the University for the Creative Arts, which has students in Rochester and Canterbury. A Whitstable woman's had to clean up after bin men who said they weren't allowed to carry a broom with them. Rotten food was spilt onto the street as they were collecting rubbish, but the workers refused to clear it up. Well, the company in charge of the service says brooms are provided and they'll speak to the crew involved in the incident. A former soldier from Canterbury who was blinded by a bomb in Afghanistan says he wants to bring veterans together through jiu-jitsu. Rob Long says the sport has helped him rebuild his life and he went on to become Europe's number one para jiu-jitsu martial artist. The 34-year-old now wants to set up a facility to teach other injured soldiers the skills that have aided his recovery. He's been telling the podcast all about it. My name's Rob Long. I'm a former Lance Bombardier in 473 Special Observation Battery. On July the 8th, 2010, my patrol was hit by an IED. This led to my patrol commander being killed instantly and my left eye being ripped out on the battlefield. Subsequently, when I got to the UK, my right eye had to be removed by doctors. So for the last 12 years, I've been on a rehabilitation journey that's been seeking to gain back my independence and gain back as much of the the man I used to be. Um, I found martial arts and this has absolutely changed my approach to life, my mental health and and my feeling about myself, basically. Um, I started training with the British Army Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu team and within six months I competed in an able-bodied uh, competition held by the British Army. This was against able-bodied serving soldiers from then, I went on to the para jiu-jitsu where I competed at national and international level, winning gold. And that meant I was ranked number one in Europe in para jiu-jitsu. I've subsequently started taking on more able-bodied competitions and competing at a high level. And I want to bring this skill set to other people who have suffered life-altering injuries. So I'm doing a project where I can build a jiu-jitsu studio to help with my own training in becoming able-bodied world champion and also to bring that skill set to to veterans and other people with life-altering injuries who who may need it. I think this is vital for for veterans going from a high-intensity combat role to then having such critical injury that that they need help with basic things and and doing the basic things that that give your life meaning and independence. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is perfect for this because it's an open mat and at the end of the day, the skill the skill you have in, in practising and the techniques and everything like that comes above everything else. So I want to bring together people in the veterans community and also the top fighters who I've met around the world and, um, yeah, create a, create a peer support network through this that will really benefit veterans. He's also hoping to become an able-bodied world champion. And finally today, a giant swing and outdoor skydiving machine are going to open at Blue Water. The Hang Loose Adventure Park already has England's longest zip wire. More than 30,000 people have been on it since it opened a year ago, and they've also raised money for several charities in that time. Kent Online Sports. 
tennis and Kent's Emma Rajikanu is through to the second round of Wimbledon. The 19-year-old from Orpington made her debut on centre court yesterday evening and beat Belgium player Alison van Oitvank in straight sets. She says she was determined to enjoy the experience. It was the first time I played on there and from the moment that I walked out through those gates uh, I could really just feel the energy and the support and everyone was behind me from the word go so uh, yeah I really just tried to cherish every single point on there and um, yeah played every point like it could have been one of my last on that court. I definitely took it in I mean I looked at the crowd and and just saw everyone and and noise was just amazing to hear and uh, from the word go and then when the crowd filled out a little bit as the match went on um, even more so in the tricky moments I think they really pulled pulled me through some some tough ones but um, yeah I took it all in of course because how many times do you get to walk out onto centre court? I didn't play tennis for two weeks and then this week I've hit like an hour a day so um, my preparation wasn't necessarily the greatest but I know that when it comes to the matches I you know I feel like I really especially switch on and um, I, I don't feel like I need masses amount of preparation of course I do to, to build physically but I think a lot of it is mental and I definitely went out with with the belief today and uh, I know that I can compete with anyone on on the other side of the court when I really go for it I definitely feel a really good energy like how can you not you know playing here and just walking around you you, you really feel the positivity and I I feel like I've learned a lot in the last year I have had a tough year, like it's no secret, but it it is all worth it, you know, just to go out on centre court and get a win like that. Um, I definitely am very happy to to be here and um, all the lessons that I've taken from the last year will only hold me in good stead for the future. Emma will take on French player Caroline Garcia in round two tomorrow. Football and Gillingham have signed a new striker. 26-year-old Scott Cashquette has joined the Jills after being released by Crew Alexandra. He managed one goal in 18 appearances last season and is set to feature on Saturday when Gillingham travelled to Folkestone in Victor for their first pre-season match. Research has found the Open Golf Tournament in Sandwich last summer brought nearly £20 million into Kent's economy. More than 100,000 fans were at the event at Royal St George's, which was delayed for a year because of the pandemic. Those visitors helped boost trade at local hotels, restaurants and shops. And finally, a huge congratulations to a Faversham cricket team who are celebrating their first win in, would you believe, 29 years years. The Motley crew have beaten pub team the Three Horseshoes in Hearn Hill. One member has blamed atrocious batting for their lack of victories over the last three decades. Well that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site now. To do it you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.